0: So, hello everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Rewatch Project. I'm Mike, and I am, as always, joined by Hannah. How are you today?
1: Oh, I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm capital, thank you. Capital. It's app. almost
1: like we haven't spoken to each other before.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know. How's your day going? I know. It's it, this is the, the we may be married and live together, but the only time we ever speak is when we actually do these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, so silence, uh, apart from yeah. that. Well, like Hannah will start a conversation. I'll be like, shh, shh, shh it's gold. Save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great way of silencing your wife, actually, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, right, okay. Uh, But anyway, yes. so we are back and we are going to be continuing to work our way through Season 1 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We are at the uh, 10th episode.
1: Yep, it's called The Bridge. Plot synopsis is S.H.I.E.L.D. receives assistance from Mike Peterson as they take on Centipede once again. Directed by Holly Dale, who, uh, looking at her IMDb history, is very much jobbing director she's done heaps and heaps of different things yeah um and yeah
0: actually she's an interesting one she's a canadian director and she's been directing since the seventies, mm. and she is a very. It's funny actually because I know you don't mean it because I say it as well. When we talk about like jobbing directors and things like that, that's not to take anything away from. from no, definitely both those not. No, uh, you know, it's it's like you know. I mean, obviously, we t- you've got auteurs, you've got your Stanley Kubrick, it's just like that
1: you know, four episodes of this and nine episodes of that and one episode of this and one episode of that. And you yeah,
0: know, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Looking through her history, you can see why she's. Directed an episode of this, some castle and Rizzoli and Isles, Cold Case, X Files. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that just lend themselves to. I think until and relatively Shield.
0: recently, you didn't <coughs> get a lot of female directors on television. No. Uh, it was even worse when it came to writers. Like, I think, I can't remember if this is true or not, but I don't think that a single episode of The X-Files was written by a woman.
1: Well, that's a bit um,
0: There were Some of them were directed by women. and I, I, I don't Well, she directed one of them. Um, I mean, well, Gillian Anderson directed some of them as well. Mm. But it, Gillian Anderson made a point of it. She was like, because they were talking about it being a new season of The X-Files, and one of her conditions was that there needs to be women writers on the yeah. show. The writer of this episode, this is the first time that you're seeing... A, an episode and I won't go into this in too much detail because I don't want to spoil the episode before we even talk about it but this is the first time that you're seeing an episode where there's quite a lot of connectivity to the overall storyline yes, that's well, been written by an, in, an a, a writer who isn't a showrunner
1: Let's See, talk about into- who wrote the episode Her name is Shalisha Francis Okay she, she hasn't got a huge amount of writing credits Um, She has Oh well She wrote she wrote 52 episodes of Castle so she has a huge credit there two episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D., one of Minority Report TV series one Madam Secretary and two episodes of um, a mini-series called Seven Seconds
0: That's interesting, I don't know much about Castle but I'm guessing if she wrote that many episodes I'm wondering if she's a showrunner, right? Quite quite
1: possibly, I will have a look in a second but she is co-producer on over 20 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so that's actually where her main tie-in from S.H.I.E.L.D. comes from, yeah. like producing rather than writing. So yeah. well, I, um, I, I that, think, that surprised me.
0: I think on these shows, though, staff writers automatically get a production credit. I think that's kind of how they work them. But, she, but it is interesting. This episode. So this episode was written by a woman and directed by a woman. Hmm. Yeah. That's worth noting, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's not so rare these days. It's going back nearly a decade. So.
1: Right, so looking at the castle writing credits she's got 48 episodes listed for herself and obviously she has a director's credit as well for four of them um so deeply involved yeah
0: a key creative on that show yeah. just before we get into it I just want to uh, do a quick little bit of housekeeping <laughs> we as is always the case we will be doing a, a non-spoiler conversation and then we will give you plenty of warning before moving into spoilers for those yeah. who are watching the show for the first time a couple of little bits and pieces about how you can support the show and contact the show. First and foremost, if you could go over and give us iTunes reviews, that would be great. Um, there, that's Apple Podcasts, I should say. Uh, there's a link for that on the show notes for this. Uh, you can also reach us via email at... I haven't actually checked the email for a couple of days, so I don't know if we've got any. Via rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And we are also on Twitter at rewatchproj, that's P-R-O-J. And you can also leave voicemails on the main site, which I also need to check to see if we've got any. So uh, they're the main ways that you can reach us. So, uh, yeah, anything you want to add, Hannah, before we get into um, watching this episode? I will be
1: making you check those forthwith. Okay. Because uh, I'm nosy and I need to know if people have been in touch.
0: Okay. Well, should we have a look now before we get in? or Yeah, might as okay. well. And I'll just edit this out if we yeah. haven't. <laughs> but, uh, Oh, we've had another email email from Dan. Hello, Uh, Dan. There you go, hang on. Do you want to...
1: Okay. Hi, guys. Really enjoying listening along and watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the first time. I nearly said ass because he's written A. Abbreviation. It's great to have company whilst I do this, and I will be going back to the spoiler sessions once I am finished. Yay, I'm excited for that. Uh, that was me, not you.
0: Okay. Um, it's good to be clear about the editorialising yeah. realising here, isn't it?
1: Sorry, I'm just excited to know that someone's going to go back and listen to the spoiler things <laughs> yeah. after, after watching it for yeah. the first time. In, like,
0: in, in three months' time or whatever. <laughs> yeah, get... yeah.
1: I was wondering what other shows you would recommend that are similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And also I wondered if you've if ever read any of the Marvel comics or if you are strictly film slash TV fans. Don't mean that in a snobby way, just curious. Dan. Thank you so much for being in touch again, Dan. Yep. It is truly a pleasure to hear Truther, from you.
0: yeah. Um, um, so take I, us through this.
1: Okay, so first question, uh, what other shows would you recommend that are similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? The first one I can think of is Fringe, Yeah. 100%. Another
0: show I think is very similar is Alias.
1: I, I the, haven't seen uh, that, uh, so it's, I don't it's know. The,
0: it's an early J.J. Abrams series with Jennifer Garner, and it's very... Spy, technology, borderline sci-fi. Fringe
1: is very much starts off with lateral thinking for how things have occurred, cutting-edge technology, pushing the boundaries, and it just gets more and more and more intense. Yeah,
0: I mean, another big similarity is that um, that Fringe is very much (laughs) a... um, Monster of the Week show initially. Very much to start with, yeah. And then with, it yeah. kind of builds its own mythology a like, lot like mm-hmm. this show. What I'd say, a fringe, the obvious comparison with Fringe is the X Files, but where it differs, and in some ways is more similar to Agents of Shield, is that it's much more character based than the X Files. Mm-hmm. The X Files is more about the story mm-hmm. um, and the kind of the genre elements. Mm-hmm. And that's important in Fringe, but Fringe ultimately. Fringe is
1: very much about the team and the characters. uh, A lot of the the family dynamic uh,
0: that that you get in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is very similar. And also, aesthetically, they're very similar shows. They look quite similar. And the
1: action is excellent in both. Um, I mean, Dan, uh, like Fringe for me, is probably my favourite TV yeah. show of all time. The other thing
0: about Fringe is, and it was funny because I remember when uh, I watched the bonus features from the Blu-ray just after the final episode aired because I wasn't quite to say goodbye to the show. And one of the things that J.J. Abrams said, because he co-created the show, but like he, he does, he's not a hands-on producer, he steps away, and the show was run by a number of other people, mm. um, including a lot of the people who now work for Star Trek Discovery, a lot of that crew have gone over there. Mm. Um, and he said that um, the thing that he loved about Fringe And he wasn't saying this egotistically because he kind of saw it as Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi's show. Mm. Um, He said that Fringe ran for the perfect length of time. He said Mm. some shows get cut off before they have a chance to finish and other shows go on a little bit too long. Mm. Um, You know, and Fringe, it it, it bowed out at exactly the right time.
1: It did. I mean, there was always going to be an expiration date on it, just purely from the type of show that it was like if it had just run and run and run it would have got super boring yeah. um not not because it was getting boring just it um the candle that burns very, twice as bright well you know. it's very fast paced so yeah. i think you like you have to wrap it up at some point yeah. you, you it's not like cheers yeah. you know
0: um, and the the other, the other similarity as well is that fringe is interesting because J.J. Abrams was one of the architects of modern television. Mm. Lost was a very influential show. And Fringe is a really interesting show because it's a transitional one. Because on the one hand, it's very much that old-school model of long seasons. Mm. Every season, apart from the final season, which is slightly shorter, are like 20 to 25 episodes. Yeah. You've got the mixture of standalones and and mythology episodes. Mm. But a lot of the aesthetics of the show and the way it did start getting into longer form storytelling is very post-lost. Yeah. So it's kind of got a foot in... But it's a really interesting series from a media studies perspective.
1: Interesting that both of our recommendations are J.J. Abrams.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really surprised that J.J. Abrams has never been involved in the MCU. Yeah. Because he's got... he's He's very much... I mean, he's obviously worked with Disney, with Star Wars... Um, uh, but, uh, but he he has the perfect um, sensibility. I mean, in the same way with Joss Whedon, it's it's no surprise that they got him to direct Avengers because if you watch, I remember when I remember seeing Iron Man at the time, the first film of the MCU, mm. and just thinking, God, this feels like a Joss Whedon. So Whedon. Like yeah. the bit, I remember even seeing the trailer, the bit where you see Tony Stark trying to get the repulsor boots to work, and he's hovering, mm. and he turns around and looks at his little ro- like robot companion, he's like, Oh yeah. I can fly now. Mm-hmm. That's straight out of yeah. uh, the, that whole t- timbre He's very Weedon-esque.
1: I was just thinking even like in terms of Fringe, um, it's it's similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. even down to the fact that uh, depending on what's happening in the story arc in the season, the credits change. Yeah. Like that happened in Fringe and definitely happens in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the further you get on. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, little touches like that is yeah. funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, all right, so there's a couple for you. French yeah. I and mean, I Alias probably that, a good starting point.
0: I actually would say that I, I, with confidence that the producers and creators of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of Shield, are fans of Fringe. Oh, definitely. I think that that actually comes through that it, there's actually that, that it, it's, it's it is an influence. I mm. really think it is. Mm. Uh, and Fringe is one of those. shows... Was
1: Fringe finished by the time Agents of Shield started? They
0: overlapped like really slightly, I think. Mm. Um, but I know that it. Uh, it, it um, no, no, I don't think they did actually. I think I think Fringe finished just before right. Agents of Shield started. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say those. And uh, but Alias, Alias is a big one. Alias is. Probably from a concept perspective, even closer to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and I mean, one of the big info, it, it was, it's funny, you can see the lineage because we've compared Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to Mission Impossible quite a lot. Mm. And it was Alias that got J.J. Abrams the Mission Impossible 3 directing gig.
1: Oh, really? Um, okay.
0: You know, because Tom Cruise apparently was a fan of Alias and was like, that's what I want the Mission Impossible films to be like. So right. it's all kind of connected, you know. Okay.
1: Um, right, so second question. I wondered if you've ever read any of the Marvel comics, or if you're strictly uh, film, TV fans. Um, so personally, I haven't read any of the comics. Um, not from not from a lack of wanting to. Just uh, I'm I'm not really a, heavily into comics or anything like that. So um, I just. I, I haven't got round to it. Um, I obviously knew of the main sort of superheroes, but I had no knowledge of Iron Man or Thor um, before the
0: films. I think so most people didn't know I, what, what, what was DC and what was Marvel before the films. I
1: knew what was DC and what was Marvel, but in terms of Marvel superheroes, I probably only knew the Incredible Hulk, mm. uh, Spider-Man, um, who you don't actually get to see until very much later on who else they're the main ones yeah that pe- that's, probab- that's probably that's probably i didn't know anything about iron man didn't know anything about thor um definitely didn't know anything I mean, when about Marvel Studios of the galaxy said or anything that like they that they were going to
0: start making their own films it was a joke it was a joke in the industry because the joke was that they'd optioned out all of their most popular heroes mm. they didn't own the rights of the hulk initially uh, because they, they didn't they have Wolverine, did they? No, they, 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 uh, they've they only just got X-Men and Wolverine back. They didn't mm. have Fantastic Four. They didn't have Spider-Man. Nobody gave a fuck about Iron Man and Captain America and uh, and Thor. These were the B characters. Mm. Um, so it was kind of a bit of a joke that, oh, you're going to do a Marvel Studios, but you're you know, you're going to make a Star Wars movie, but you don't have Luke Skywalker. You know, yeah. it was that kind of mentality. And the fact that they managed... And they managed... came in and mandalorian it. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact <laughs> that they managed to make Iron Man uh, an A-list character.
1: Well, makes sense. John Favreau on both.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. He's the guy you get for that. As far as me, um, I... Um, it's weird. By most civilians' perspectives, people would think I'm a comic book nerd, but by nerds' perspective, I'm not. I, I read comics when I was a kid, but only, it's different in England. In America, you've got the comic books would be there, you'd go, you'd get the latest issue. They didn't really come out like that. They came out like, you know, like the, 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 the comics we get for the kids, mm. where it'll be a magazine and there'll be a toy stuck to the front and yeah. there'll be stickers and colouring in things and then you'll get like a bit of a comic book. Mm. That was how they were released in the UK when I was growing up. Uh, so my main consumption of superheroes was from annuals, you know, those hardback mm. kind of annuals yeah. that you get. Um and I, my favourite, and I read Spider-Man and things like that. But I, and, and when I got into my sort of, well, about 18 or 19, I started getting into the more adult kind of books, things like Sandman hmm. and, uh, you know, even um, Preacher, um, Preacher um, the, the Boys, you know, like a lot of the things that are being made now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, other Neil Gaiman stuff. But I read, you know, I read all the classics. I read all of like the, um, you know, like the Dark Knight Returns, and Arkham Asylum, and a lot of the kind of the prestige kind of released on hardback, and you could buy in actual bookshops kind of ones. Yeah. But as far as far as Marvel goes, I love the Spider-Man live action series from the seventies. I love the Incredible Hulk that Kenneth Johnson did the live action series, and I read. Oh,
1: I watched I watched the live action yeah. Hulk. It terrified me. Yeah, I mean that was
0: a crossover here. Everybody mm. kind of watched that yeah. show. It was a really popular one, mm. and. um you know I, I I read Spider-Man comic books and um I read remember I read Ghost Rider comic books and incredible Hulk and stuff like that um but I read them as a kid you know mm-hmm. uh, and then as an adult I read key graphic novels like the, the like for example his famous runs of um like the Venom storyline in yeah. Spider-Man that was a famous one that I kind of sought out and I read as an adult because mm-hmm. I'd heard it was his great story but really I wasn't much of a comic book geek most of what I know about the Marvel Universe is from the movies. Mm. And I realise it's different and that they've Mm. movie-fied them and stuff like that. So the short answer is I read comic books as a kid and I read some some comic books as an adult, probably more than most adults would have read comic books, but nowhere near as much as your average comic book nerd. I'm not one of those people who can be like, oh, that's from Spider-Man 351. Mm. I don't fucking know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or Paul, um, your... Chinstroker versus Punter co host is more the comic Yeah, but even here. he, even he. We, but we, like I've heard you guys talking about the MCU films and him saying, I know the storyline and I know where XYZ yeah, goes. He's read a lot more of the modern ones. Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: I mean, I know, for example, he read like, one of the longest storylines um, in modern Marvel is the Marvel Civil War. It yeah. ran over years, which is right. why it's crazy that it they're compacted into films. Mm. So I know when that came out, Paul. Paul. Struggled initially because he had to separate himself from the source material, whereas yeah. I didn't have um, that didn't problem. Have that background. But, but yeah. I knew—I mean, put it this way—before
1: you knew enough going in to know. I, the, I knew
0: sea yeah. uh, level. I, I mean, I knew who Nick Fury was before the Marvel films. Yeah. I knew who Shield were before the Marvel films. You know, see,
1: I'm, um, I'm coming in. I was coming in absolutely blind.
0: Yeah, I saw yeah. the. The um, the Nick Fury movie starring David Hasselhoff in the eighties, where he uh, David Hasselhoff plays Nick Fury.
1: In fact, I didn't watch an MCU film until you and I got together. Really? Yeah.
0: You hadn't didn't watch Iron Man?
1: No, because my ex didn't like them. Oh wow! Yeah. So I just I just I just never got round to it. I didn't have anyone that wanted to go and see them, and. Um, you know, I wanted to see them, but I, like did I didn't like lock you up I didn't want to go. On, on? I not want to go on my own. So oh,
0: I see. Okay. Um.
1: Yeah. Uh, like I just it just passed me by, and then you were like, "Well, um I think was the first Avengers film about to come out." Yeah, uh, it was just after we moved in together. Yeah,
0: and we did a rewatch of Phase One. But I mean, yeah, that was back like, in the days when a yeah, Marvel rewatch was easy.
1: Yeah, five films. Yeah. So you were like. You have to see these films before we go and see Avengers, yeah.
0: um even so incredible that, Hulk we did,
1: yeah, but the, like that was that was my introduction to it, yeah. so um I came to it very, very late. The only comics I read as a kid were Archie and Jughead, yeah. yeah, um that was like literally it, yeah,
0: I think it's very different in um in England, excuse me in England, and I think it's definitely very different in New Zealand mm. as far as what you actually got, like, oh yeah, like if I wanted to. Um, read actual Spider-Man comic books I would I mean comic book stores Didn't exist when I was a kid You bought um, If you wanted to get a comic It was whatever they had In the newsagents mm. You know that was it You know or the dairy You know that, that was That You'd was You'd have your to get
1: stuff Imported here Like certainly yeah. for music That's how it went Here yeah. in New Zealand um, So uh, like I remember Having to place an order For various CDs um, at, at you know the local um, HMV or whatever, yeah. whatever it was an HMV, but you know, whatever, yeah, it's always away. I mean, it, whatever the, the music it, shop was, and they cost like three times as much. Yeah. the you know the top twenty CDs would be like fifteen dollars, and yeah. to import one from America was forty five. So you had to really want to listen. I mean, it's, to it's it. funny
0: the the um, the distance of you know living in in uh, down under is a double edged sword because on the downside. Everything's expensive and you get it last. Um, on the plus side, um, no pandemic. <laughs> it's like, mm, we're going to wait. We'll live. That will be so out of place. i found my friends in England. It's like, ah, well, you know, um, where are a uh, £6.99 CD's helping you out now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, yeah. on that on that so bitter note. Anyway,
1: um, hopefully that has given you some ideas and um some insight um thank you so much for emailing us again
0: yes yeah, so um we would also if you want to join the conversation uh, as i mentioned earlier on you can do that at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com but uh, anyway shall we um hit the pause hannah and watch this episode which please remind me what it's called again it's called the bridge all righty then okay so let's hit dun, pause
1: dun, dun. and
0: we will get into this you a craft beer junkie do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer do you check in every beer you've ever had on untapped do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse then do we have a podcast for you what's untapped podcast gives you beer reviews interviews with brewers behind the scenes access to beer festivals games and more whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing what's untapped podcast is something for you Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. Very boys every Friday night
1: on the show. You better know they keep it tight. ETL is back and the Jaystrum's in the zone. Introduce the co host he doesn't do it alone. PCZ is about to hold court. You know he's on the headset. You can hear him snort. Pop culture, movies, TV shows, and games. Rotten Tomatoes reviews, news, and Blu-rays. Foggy don't play around. He will bust a drop fast. Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast. The Jason Woo! it's Steven's show. It's the Jay. The Jason and Steven show. What? What? The Jason and Steven show. It's the Jason and Steven show. Mr. Peterson. We need you to suit up. All new, two weeks from tonight,
0: a mission so dangerous. You will be sending in backup? They already did. It requires a new agent. You shouldn't be here. Whose loyalty will be tested. Let's finish this. We need immediate satellite support. <laughs> Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. All new Tuesday, December 10th at 8, 7 central on ABC. And see full episodes on Watch ABC Online or download the app. So, welcome back, everybody. We have just, and I assume you have just, watched uh, The Bridge. That's episode 10 of season one of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, as is um, fast-becoming tradition, I shall hand over to you, Hannah, to give your initial non-spoiler impressions of this episode.
1: I thought it was a good episode, but... In a strange way, I was expecting more story arc, I suppose. I mean, there was a lot in there. There was a lot. But um, for some reason, I thought that that sort of pushed things on even more than it did. Um, Okay. um, Like, I wasn't disappointed by the episode. When you say you were
0: expecting that, you mean because of your memory of this episode? Yeah, just my
1: memory of of where we're at in terms of the storyline. So I suppose that is the first time I've experienced a drawback in a rewatch. The episode was by no means bad. Like I enjoyed watching it, but it was probably, I probably would give it an eight out of 10 this time versus a nine out of 10 last time. And that's, that's purely just because in my memory I had attributed more to this episode but you know it's seven years since I've watched it so yeah so uh, what did you think?
0: I really liked it I think I liked it more than you I think that it's one of those episodes where there's a lot of story Mm. in this season so far and what they've been doing up until this point is giving you sort of little breadcrumbs and then Really exploring the characters, Mm. and I think that it's got to a point in the season where they need to really get into the plot,
1: flesh it out a bit. Yeah,
0: it's a little bit like how you and I were talking the other day about um, the idea of standalones. Like we were talking about Star Trek and about Mm. how without. Not every episode can be a best of both worlds. Mm. You know, you yeah. need to have the fun episodes so you care about the characters and these dramatic things you happen. You need to have right? Uh,
1: playing the trumpet.
0: Exactly, trombone. Trombone, sorry. Um, and I think that this episode is one of those ones where I think the show is a, is allowing itself the benefit of that mm. because it's like, well, they have already done all of the character exploratory stuff for a few episodes now and they've had a lot of episodes where you've got guest characters coming in and guest storylines yeah and we've been exploring the characters and I think now what they're doing is giving some uh, some plot to aggravate those relationships and it will sort of pay off so I just think that the the function of this episode is different to the Mm. previous ones and is Probably really needed at this point in the season. Yeah. And I think I mean, it was very well done in that You're video. right.
1: You're absolutely right. I like, for, if we're using that Star Trek analogy, um, for me, the episode is in between, like a step in between Riker's trombone and Best of Both Worlds. It's not your top tier fuck me story. Oh my gosh, I can't mm. believe this has been revealed and that's happening and oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. Um, but equally, it's not sure. Oh, yeah, they're just saving some random person well, also, from this something that didn't happen.
0: in a cliffhanger as well. So yeah, I mean, the cliffhanger much, was great. It's, no, but that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is that um, because the show isn't a story arc show, at least mm. not up until this point, what this is is it's the first part of a two-parter. Yeah. In the If you look at the old model of television, so... It's very difficult. Those ones are always quite difficult to judge mm. on their on their own because what this is is this is half the story.
1: Yeah, uh, like i I didn't not like it. You're making it sound like I didn't. Oh, enjoy no, no, I'm it. I'm just
0: counterpointing. Yeah,
1: yeah. All I'm all I'm saying is I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. It was a great episode. I just I think for me because I've seen it before and I'm. I'm remembering seven years ago, I had remembered more in this episode than what's actually there. Yeah.
0: And I think that's stuff from the next episode that you're. Yeah.
1: Probably. Oh, most definitely. Um, and, and that's why I was kind of like, Oh, you know, a a, a little bit, not underwhelmed, just a bit sort of, Oh, this hasn't happened or we've only gone this far with this, Mm. you know? Okay. Um, There are so many things, though. Like, it's such a jam-packed episode um, in terms of themes and motifs and all Mm. that kind of stuff. We might as well just jump into it, I think. So, I haven't got a lot of spoilers. This is pretty much all stuff we can talk about. There's only a couple of things spoiler for me. I kind of love the fact that you start with Mike Peterson comparing himself to Captain America. So, you get that absolute want in him to be a good guy he's like he wants to be he wants to be captain america he wants to be the all-round good guy he cares about his son he wants to be the hero because he knows he's gone about it the wrong way and he's trying to redeem himself he has that redemption story
0: well the other thing is with mike is and this is a larger thing in the marvel universe is that you get the impression that for every Captain America where the Super Serum works, you've got like 100 mics. Yeah. And it's almost as though the thing that happens that turns people into a superhero, whether it's being bitten by a radioactive spider for Peter Parker or the Super Serum for Captain America, you get the impression that when it works, it's a, almost like a fluke. mm Uh, it's almost like a one in a million and it actually worked so it's almost like Mike is the the working class equivalent the sort Mm. of the the one it doesn't all work out for Mm. and that kind of goes back to the theme of the pilot episode where it's the idea of us mere mortals and this is something that would be explored a lot more in the Netflix Marvel shows like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, where it was very much kind of like, well, it's all good. It's all right for you with your sexy hair and Mm. Cape Thor. But what about the rest of us poor schmoes who've got to go into work the next day? Mm. And what you see, particularly not just with Mike, but also with the villains and the whole centipede thing is how, when it goes right and you get like, you know, the Hulk or Captain America, is that's just, it's blind luck Mm. that that happens. And Mike, if you look at his character, has done nothing wrong. It's just that his superpower has almost a sickness to it. Like, for example, in the original Quiet Books, you get people be exposed to radiation and they get superpowers. The reality of getting exposed to radiation is that your teeth will fall out Mm. and you'll get cancer. Mm. And I think that that's kind of what they're exploring a little bit there as well
1: but also that just reminded me of the original captain america film the first the first captain america film when the the doctor's character I can't remember his name stanley
0: tucci yes stanley
1: tucci's character says how the serum enhances the personality of of who they're enhancing. That's why they need somebody who's pure at heart. They want someone super pure to be the purest and the best and the greatest. So And you kind of see that in the soldiers. I mean, there is probably more ambiguity, but the guys that are busting out of the shipping crates Mm -hmm. later on in the episode, they are the bad guys who are just terrible guys because they've been enhanced and everything. I think Peterson... He's inherently a good person, so his goodness is coming out, mm. even even through all of that. But they, 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 they do talk about
0: how the centipede serum that they're using is unstable as yeah. well. So there yeah. is actually like a, a an in-universe yes. reason.
1: Yes, but I think it goes to show as well that the level of purity in Captain America is very, very unlikely to come by.
0: I don't if, think it's just if, that, though. No, I think there is a okay. yeah.
1: No, I know that. I know, but everyone in this on Earth likes to think they're a good person, yeah. but they have they have bad traits about themselves. You, you know, whether it's something completely random, like you know, just bitchiness that doesn't mean anything. It, you know, it's not a bad trait. It's just a not awesome trait. Yeah. It's a weakness. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Everybody has weaknesses, whereas Captain America kind of does not. His, his, His weakness is Peggy.
0: Well, it's funny because we watched Civil War the other night, and it's the fact that there's a bit where Baron Zemo says to him, you know, now I look at you closer, I can see you've actually got a little bit of green in your eyes. Yeah. You know, that's to imply that, you know, he's... He's human, but only because he's kind of been corrupted by the modern times. Exactly. Sort of but the the, the thing. So,
1: like, just to circle back, the fact that Mike Peterson is wanting to be like Captain America is virtually unattainable because he is a human being who has lived life and experienced hardships and been corrupted. Yeah, he's society. been corrupted but, but by life and society like and everything. The, the very
0: fact that he wants it is a flaw. Yeah. Almost, and it reminds me the way of that this
1: it because it's ego.
0: And the thing with science fiction, and we talk about these being action stories and comic book stories, but ultimately, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a science fiction series and it does that Roddenberry esque thing of using science fiction as allegory. And in the first episode, when you've got like Mike kind of you know, he's, he's like sweaty because he's dealing with it all and he's trying mm-hmm. to talk to his son, and in the, the story, you know, within the show. Um, it, he it's because he's on this medication. It's always, but what they're trying to show is, I've seen people like that. Where I mean, I don't want to go too much into the real life, but I I've worked with um, in jobs around people who are experiencing social issues mm. and social problems. Yeah, and I would often see people like dads with their kids, and you'd see the dad who would be like, "Oh, I'm going to take my son." To um, we're going to go to the UK and we're going to watch the rugby. We're going to do all this, and you're watching them and you're thinking, "No, you're not." Mm. You know, you can see them making all of these promises to their kids, and and they mean it, and they want to mean it. Of course, they want to mean it, but they can't because because of things that have happened to them or things that maybe they've done to themselves. Mm. You know, and when you see Mike in the pilot, although the story is telling you it's not this guy's fault they're kind of eliciting that a little bit. You know, the, the, the guy who wants to do the it's right like thing. an
1: addiction. But he's just... Mm.
0: It is a little bit, yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, some people are good people and they want to do the right thing. Of course they're good people. But they just fuck up, mm. you know? Uh, and I get the feeling that that's, through the science fiction prism, what they're trying to show you with that character. Just
1: following on from that, um, like, i I think one of the themes of the episode is... Is kind of not always being what you seem to be. Like, um, like Peterson initially was like seemed bad, but he is good. Mm. He just is going about it the wrong way. Coulson bullshitting to Sky about May being involved yeah. with the parent stuff. Maybe is that a way to show that? Perhaps he's not all good. Like I'm not saying that that makes him bad, but maybe it makes him layered, what is, and 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 perhaps that shows why he's level eight or whatever level he, he is in you. shield. No, but it it shows that actually he does have the balls to keep something from you. He's not going to be an open book. Yeah. He he um, he is a company man. He is a company man, and and he's he knows what to give you and what to hold back but like he's he's more layered than you think exactly. He is Exactly and
0: this episode gives you quite a complex view of him because you also as a complete contrast to that have the scene where he's talking to Mike about how you know you really want to be Captain America but what about your son Yeah you know and I think that's an important thing as well is the fact that and this goes back to this whole reversal scene that you mentioned a moment ago Uh, and this whole expectations thing, because at the beginning of the episode, when you first see Mike, he seems really together. Mm. You know, he's all like, yes, I'm doing my best, top of my class, that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's got a suit Um, on, he's all good. the flaw with him there is the denial he has about being able to face the fact Mm. that his son... Basically, his son saw him drunk. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, again, the metaphor that's going on there Mm -hmm. is the fact that, you know alcoholism for example is a sickness it's not your fault this is something that happens to you you're a victim of that it's a health problem Mm. um but that doesn't make your your shame for the consequences of what you've done any less and and i think that that what you see colson as being both um the company man but also the humanist and you get a moment later on and we'll get to this where when he knocks where he
1: goes to knock
0: on Sky's, she's uh, crying mm-hmm. yeah and he walks away and i think it's really ambiguous about why he doesn't on the one hand it could be you could argue that that's the company man don't get involved don't get emotionally involved or it could just be that he's being a good parent and he's like no she needs to work through this herself.
1: He's, he's definitely the dad in this episode, yeah.
0: and it's hard not to. So. I mean, it's, it's the whole. Sometimes you've got to let your kid cry, and it's mm. fucking hard, you know. Well, and, you know about that? Yeah, yeah, I fail at it, you know. But um, I'm the I'm the Mike Peterson <laughs> situation. Let's be honest, here. you're the Coulson. No, you're the May. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm
1: like get over it. You'll be fine.
0: Yeah, you'll be. Yeah, you'll be gross. Um, I Yeah, mean,
1: but um, let's just for the record, who do they want when they're really upset? They um, want the Hulk. Um, if he's feeling. They fairly, want they mommy.
0: Want. Um, <laughs> couple of things that you, you started going through the episode but there's a couple of bits really early on that you skipped that I want to mention just from a kind of like a, a I like the way that when the episode opens and you see the um, the mysterious um, weirdly fringe-ish to go back to our conversation earlier on mm. um, villain in the he does that classic modern bad guy thing of, like, finishing his meal oh, for all the yeah. chaos. And when the, he
1: goes, sir... Yeah,
0: it, it's... Yeah. And that's the, a very... It's the post-Hannibal Lecter kind of oh, um, sophisticated psycho kind so of thing. It's funny
1: you say that because I've got a note here saying very Silence of the Lambs with Poe. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I was talking about the episode where he's... Uh, the scene where he's eating the steak in the aircraft carrier thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it felt very like... Um, the yeah, scene when, where when he's, he's in, in that, the chamber in yeah, the yeah, massive
0: yeah, room, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he's meant to. I, th- I think that 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 image of the psychopath is, is is so central. Now, I
1: mean, it is so like you know, this guy's this guy's insane. Let's um, characterise him like Hannibal yep. Lecter to show that it's shorthand, that, isn't it? That he will bite your face off.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the 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 um, psychopathic sophisticate. Uh, I mean, I, I also like oh, the fact very
1: much so. That, uh, yeah. I, I
0: liked the way that you. Um, there's these little bursts of character moments that I really enjoyed. Like there's a bit where um Grant and May are uh having a little having a training fight, and he says something vaguely flirty to her and mm. she's like, not here. Yeah It's like she's got this kind of compartmentalization that's really obviously kind of important to her.
1: And interesting that um after that fight that they have, um and she comes up to him and says, How dare you take a punch for me? And she's so like fucked off about yeah. it like um, I can look after myself and and I don't mix business with pleasure and he's like
0: well this is all in your head
1: yeah it, well is it because he says you know oh well I haven't done that because you know you're better on your feet so I took one tactically blah 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 um, part of me thinks that that was saving face
0: no, I, I think that's why it's a really play, well played scene because I think that either of those things could be true uh, but but what it does is, on the one hand, it could just be him bullshitting his way out of it. Mm. But on the other hand, you do see May doubting herself yeah. afterwards and I'm sort of thinking, shit, maybe I'm the problem here. It,
1: it It's good because I think that they're both going through it because you see earlier in the episode, Ward kind of looks like he's about to confess about May to Coulson when they're in the car. Yeah. And he's talking about... Oh, have you ever? What I can't remember the phrase they use um, when he's talking about um,
0: the cellist. And it's and it's a weird because they're driving around at that moment. And there's a couple of things about that scene I want to mention. Actually, now you're on mm. it, is it's very 50s. It, well, it's not just that; it's the fact that you. It's a, it's a rare scene of just Grant and Coulson. Yeah, it's they 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 they're Phoebe and Chandler, aren't they? There's, the,
1: there's some very like. Old school fifties steering wheel driving. Yeah. I'm, I'm like moving my hands up and down, um, listeners. In an act of
0: miming. But you it, know,
1: you know, um, like anyone who actually does drive a car knows that if you're driving you down the road, you barely move the yeah. wheel. But Coulson's all well, over actors. They like to be thing. doing something.
0: But it's interesting as well. Like the the car he drives. We didn't mention this. It's like an old like um, Chevrolet um, uh, the, Lola. The car. Mm. Um, is another kind of nod to the 80s action shows like uh, The A-Team and Magnum P.I. Yeah. and all those because they always had a cool car. They always had like a some kind of mm. r- hot red sports car and I think the fact that uh, Colson has a car like that is kind of a genre nod to those sort of shows. Another thing that I thought was interesting was that... Um, even though I said it earlier i'm going to kind of contradict myself a little bit here, but this episode doesn't do it that much. This whole idea of um, the way that the principal characters respond to the guest actor revealing stuff about their character kind of happens here a little bit as well because you get a sense of everybody everybody's reactions to Mike being on the plane mm. like you've got I and mean, Grant immediately is like, well.
1: The last time him, we saw this guy, yeah, you know. that, that he walks in with his back to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And, and then, of course, you've got um, S- um, Simmons and Skye both being very kind of, you know, trusting and uh, Oh, open. I,
1: I quite like the fact, I like, I've put some notes down about that. Simmons is very fluty with him, yeah. and it's quite nice to see her kind of Uh, Be a
0: human being. (laughs) Yeah, kind
1: of sexually aroused by someone. You know, I mean, she's not about to lick his chest or anything, but it's it's nice to see her kind of fancy someone and for Fitz to get jealous because it's like, okay, he's been quite interested in Sky up till now. So it's nice to see her go, actually, you're my cup of tea. Yeah, he's
0: he's got to have his own little bit of business. So it's only fair that... Um,
1: And also in terms of Sky, I think like I've put a note down about how she is very attracted to when he speaks about his son. She she latches onto that family chat. Mm. Um, she is attracted to the fact that he loves his son mm. because she wants a parent or parents, plural, yeah. that love her. So, you know, it's, it's so obvious that what she's looking for in life is someone to love her yeah, and that familial
0: themes is... and,
1: and be that guiding light for her. Like to see that in someone else's extremely attractive yeah, to it's her. It's like juice, isn't it? Yeah. You're kind of. Um, so you can see why she is so taken with him. Yeah,
0: yeah. And again, it's another case of the guest character informing, you know, the, the sort of the avatars oh, of 100%. the show. It's the scene you mentioned earlier on as well, when, um, uh, Ward and Coulson are driving around. He, um, Coulson talks about how the Avengers thought he was dead. Mm. You know, so they figured that um, that they had to keep that secret. And that's interesting because that was clarify. I think that was, that dialogue was put in there to clarify to the fanboys and girls mm. that as far as the movies were concerned. Yeah, because what he's saying is he's like, "Oh, the Avengers still think I'm dead." What he's really saying is. I'm still dead in the films. Yeah. Is what that translates as. Oh, so percent Speaking so, so the
1: continuity. Yeah. yeah. So
0: there's a li- there's a little bit of kind of franchise housekeeping going on, I think, mm-hmm. in, in that exchange. And I think it makes sense for them to 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 clarify that a little bit. That that mm-hmm. it's very much gonna be uh one way. I mean it's funny because the one of the only times that you have seen any of the um the A B C Marvel universe, and it, and that's Agents of Shield and Agent Carter because they're mm. they're part they come they were made by the same
1: house yeah. so to speak.
0: Yeah. Literally, the only time you've seen it go the other way was um, the inclusion of Jarvis from Agent Carter in. Oh,
1: is such a small part. It is the of chauffeur Endgame.
0: in Endgame, mm. and I remember watching that at the cinema and having a slight punch in the air. I'm like, oh. The river, the river flowed the other way for, for once, you know. It was like yeah, a it small was, acknowledgement of well, It was
1: just so lovely. It was the same character.
0: The same actor. And also he gave... Oh, sorry,
1: it, the same actor. And, yes, and, 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 I mean. and
0: the fact that in the film he refers to him as Jarvis just means that all the people who haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Agent Carter can go, oh, that's probably the guy
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: that Tony... Based the AI on. Yeah. You know, but we all knew that.
1: Agents of you, Agent Carter. You'd have already you known know, that, you know. Yeah. Um, one small thing that I really like in this episode is the fact that uh, previous tech in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so far, I mean, we're only 10 episodes in, but that's 10 weeks. Yeah. That's nearly three months.
0: Yeah. Um, and this was where we had the, the mid season break as
1: yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that. They're calling back to things um, and making them a thing. Yeah, so they've like,
0: accumulated their own mythology, haven't yeah, they? So point?
1: like the quote marks night night gun is the thing that stabilizes Peterson and you find that out in yeah. this episode. Yeah. And going back to the I Tech, um, in the in the old Shield Agent, yeah. um, that comes back into play. It's like I like the fact that those elements are coming back in again. It's like another fringe
0: compar- similarity. Yeah, there, absolutely,
1: isn't there? absolutely, and it's it's nice to see that, um, you know, those things like the the agent, the old agent episode, the the you know with the i tech. Um, you're finding out that that wasn't a monster of the week thing. It had more to do with it. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's gonna. Keep running,
0: and that's one of the reasons why I think, as the show goes on, they become less dependent on <laughs> referencing the MCU movies. Yeah, because they've got their own shit that they can. Call. They don't have Absolutely. to say. They don't yeah. have to say, "Hey, remember in Thor two when these portals opened?" They yeah. could be like, "Hey, remember earlier in Agents of Shield when this stuff happened?" Yeah, you know, because the the canvas becomes denser at that mm. point.
1: I really love the fact that basically Warden May mm. gets outed to Sky, really, really passively. Like, she just happens to overhear a very sort of innocent conversation, but it's loaded with meaning.
0: Yeah, well, and also you don't know, and May doesn't know how long she'd been there for.
1: And she doesn't know if she's kind of understood the significance Well, she doesn't know whether, she's even, she doesn't know whether
0: she's even heard it. No, you know. but
1: I kind of love the fact that, that that's how it happened, because... That is how a normal conversation would would happen rather than like a a TV conversation. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, they're they're living in very close quarters as well. And it's funny as well because when we talked about uh, the episode The Hub, this idea that S.H.I.E.L.D. is this huge organisation and they're just this kind of independent little cog and that's Mm. the world that we're seeing. And I think that's one of the things that confused people about the show Is I think that when people... um, Heard uh, there was going to be a show called Agents of Shield. In the movies, Shield is shown as being this gigantic, international, you know, massive operation. Now, mm-hmm. for, for for reasons of narrative and budget, that was never going to be the show. And so, in the episode The Hub, th- you had a real sense that they were this team were kind of almost like their own nation state. They were like the Enterprise off doing their own thing. They weren't Starfleet, they were the Enterprise, mm. weird dysfunctional family unit who yeah. are off doing these sort of things. They've got their own little secrets and, you know, eccentricities.
1: I had a couple of notes. I don't kind of know where you stand on it, but um and I can't remember because it's 7 years ago since we watched we watched this initially. Um but um I put a note down about whoever Poe killed initially to end up in, in prison um, that he stabbed through the eyes that they mentioned yeah. in the episode knew about the clairvoyant because he references it back to Raina Yeah, when he says, I can't tell you anything about him because you wouldn't want to
0: lose yeah, your eyes. These would or, be the consequences. Yeah. Yeah, that's best, um, best
1: So I can't remember if you find out...
0: We've got to be careful because we're still in non-spoilers here.
1: Yeah, I know, but I, like, I I can't spoil anything because I can't oh sorry, remember. I thought you were
0: asking me to. No, tell you. no,
1: no, I can't remember. Um, but uh, I I just thought that was interesting that they mentioned that. So it's kind of like, okay, do we keep an eye out for any mention of someone with no eye? I'm I'm very much a. Was this just put in so you know that? The guy's badass, yeah. or is that something that you find out later? Yeah. I like. I, I genuinely don't right. know.
0: Well, I, I I also cannot remember, but also could not answer that question even if I did. No, I, um,
1: I wouldn't want you to.
0: And, and you also get an interesting insight in this episode into the sort of power dynamic and structure of the the, the antagonists as well, because mm. you've got uh, Ruth Negga returns again in this episode. This is her second appearance as Rainer, and. In the first episode she was in, you know, she's very much shown as being this kind of, you know, in control, almost sort of like omnipotent figure uh, until the final scene where you see her go and rescue the. And again, this is another um, fringe comparison is that he, the way that he's shown reminds me a lot of the Jared Harris character in Who? um, Fringe.
1: Who's the Jared Harris
0: character? What in Agents of Shield mm. or in Fringe?
1: No, it, who you were saying in Agents of Shield?
0: The guy that she breaks, that she goes to visit in, in prison, who ends up turning out to be her boss. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, um, right, right.
0: You know that dynamic yes. is very sort of oh, similar, definitely. And yeah. what? And so her character is reframed in this episode as being slightly out of her depth. Yeah, you know, or for sure. you know, she's she's very kind of in control in some ways, but she's not. You learn that she's actually Darth Vader. She's not the Emperor, you Mm. know, um, and that creates another, because up until this point in the series, we've only really been concentrating on, obviously, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So one thing that this episode does, I think, really well, and it was really important for it to do at this point, was to start to show additional complexity to the antagonists Mm. as well. Um, and actually explore that it's not just a, you know, moustache twirler.
1: Um, Let's just finish off the non-spoiler section. Um, I thought May getting a bit brutal with Skye about finding her family...
0: Transference.
1: Totally. I think it's because she feels bad. Um, Oh, she's
0: talking about herself. All the things that she says to Skye, she could be looking in a mirror and saying... 100%.
1: She just... Yeah, she's projecting, totally. Um, I thought, But I thought that was nice because it was kind of a continuation of their last encounter together.
0: Um, well, well, May's biggest flaw as a character is that she lacks emotional self-awareness. Mm. And so what she does a lot is she doesn't understand her own feelings, so she'll get angry. Uh, because she's used to being able to kind of punch her way out but of problems. But, like,
1: given the fact that the last episode was very much a, you know, um, they came to more of an understanding between the two of them. Um,
0: well, they're, you know, they're fair-weather friends, aren't they, at this Yeah,
1: point? but, like, she'd heard Sky like, talk that girl down off the ledge, the telekinetic girl yeah. and all that kind
0: of thing. Um, she understood her value a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah, but she's kind of... I think she feels bad about the fact that she's having to deceive her. She knows she needs to because ultimately she can see herself in the Sky. Yeah. Um and I think she's, she's a bit sort pissed of,
0: off at Colson for being put in yeah, that position. Yeah, because as she well. feels
1: bad about it. Yeah. She she doesn't want to be in but that she, but position. But she,
0: but she, but has she, the is a company woman. Yeah, well, she, she 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 isn't able to process though. No, uh, of course she's uh, not uh, that as well. Like her problems are having to deal with, I mean, that's the whole thing about family. That's the whole idea of this show Mm. is that you become what you are around. Yeah. And that's can be a difficult transition, Mm. you know, and I think that's what you're seeing. here. Um,
1: I just have to read my last note to you. Um, And it's to do with the end of it. So if you've got other stuff, we'll talk about yours in a minute. But um, mine said, dad's been kidnapped. Eek. Is Coulson dead? No, the fucking helicopter has got him. Is Ward dead? I don't know. Is Peterson dead? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Am I dead? Roll credits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can you can see that they obviously were like, okay, we're going to be off the air for a few weeks. Let's yeah. let's throw some. Uh,
1: <laughs> let's uh, make people really want to come
0: back. I, I always think about how. Um, the final episode of season one of Twin Peaks, I, I love because that was it was written and directed by Mark Frost, and um, who's the you know half of Lynch and Frost. Mm. And um, Twin Peaks people would often talk about how it was, um, it was kind of a satire of soap operas. And if you watch that final episode of season one of Twin Peaks, it's hilarious because literally every single scene is a cliffhanger. Yeah, every single character gets a cliffhanger. And it's ridiculous. And it all ends with Agent Cooper getting shot. Like, who shot JR? Yeah. And there's a brilliant bit at the beginning of the second season where he wakes up after coming out of his coma after being shot. Mm. And Lucy, that he's there from the police station, he's like, what happened? And she's like, you were shot. The, the 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 James got arrested for drug possession. Leo Johnson got shot. The mill blew up. Pete's died. And she reads through all of these kind of things. And he's like, how long have I been out? And she's like... Four and a half hours. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> a complete mockery of like the, the whole sort of genre. And the end of this episode feels a little bit like that. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, fuck it. Shoot him as well, guys. Just why not? Explode Blow that up. Yeah. Um, the only other things I want to mention before we get into spoilers is there's lots of really good jumpy, kicky, spinny in There this is episode. lots
1: of jumpy, um, kicky, spinny.
0: And, and that's that's worth pointing out because that mm-hmm. shit's difficult to do on a TV budget. You know, yeah. Because the thing about TV is it's not even about budget. It's about... Everything has to be done really quickly, and choreographed fight sequences take a really long period of time, you know, particularly with like labour laws and insurance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So just the fact that they can do that stuff is really impressive, mm-hmm. you know? May is really sort of mean to Sky, as you mentioned earlier on, about her inability to put aside her personal attachments. But obviously, she's talking about herself, her own inability to her, her own recent inability to put aside her own personal attachments. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of good stuff with Coulson talking to Mike about connecting with his son, but he also talks about his own choice to not have a family mm. and become a company man. Mm. So you can start to see that, w- that... Okay, Sky is trying to live her imaginary family life vicariously through people like Mike. But Coulson's kind of doing the same thing with his team. Yeah. He said that, you know, I've never had the opportunity to have a family. I made this choice to do that. But he kind of wants to have his cake and eat it and wants to mould the team to be his family, to fill this void yeah. in his life that he's yeah, kind of yeah. created for himself. Also, there's this question obviously left looming at the end of the episode, which we will probably explore during the uh, the spoiler zone a little bit here about why do they want Colson? That's mm. the big twist at the end is that we're led to believe that they want Mike because of this whole the the fact that the, the, they've been able to stabilize the centipede, yeah. but actually, you know, and 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 we're and we're shown through all of the scenes with the villains that that's that what they're that after. is their priority. So, yeah. what could be more important than that? You ask. Mm. Um, well, we will dun, see. Dun, dun, I say, <laughs> says I. So they take Coulson. You get a great shot of May looking particularly murderous <laughs> when she realizes <laughs> that uh, yeah. Daddy's been taken, and then we uh, and then we fade to black. So, uh, yeah, pretty exciting stuff i think that if you are and and hannah said this uh, at the beginning so i'm just paraphrasing here but i think that if you're re-watching this show it's interesting to see you know okay we're at the midpoint in the first season this is where we have the plot i think that if it's a, if it's the first time that you've watched it the plot is definitely thickening mm. uh, and a lot of things that we have had
1: some a, edit
0: <laughs> it has it, a lot of the things that we've kind of had um, a light shone on so for example you know it's even if you're watching this for the first time mm. you know that they're making a big deal about um Coulson's self-questioning around his return from the dead yeah uh, and all of these things are sort of well they're certainly coming to a middle um <laughs> you know if, of, of the season so well, uh, I mean
1: we're only 10 episodes in and there's 24 yeah in the season yeah. so we are literally nearly at the middle.
0: Yeah, and considering that loads of these these first 10 episodes have, you know, been quote standalones, they've actually managed to organically build quite a lot of track mm. throughout those here and there and I think that's, that's very nicely done. And
1: I think uh, the further you get into Agents of Shield that becomes more of a theme. Yeah. They weave stuff in really well. You don't necessarily have to wait to episode 24 to find out the resolution to a story
0: and it's not hanging on one thing i mean that's what i always talk about the loss syndrome it's not all it's not what is the island no i think they've kind of perfected it and we've talked about how even shows that i love i mean i use twin peaks as an example get it wrong you know and i think that what they've done i think with shield they're very good at self reflecting Mm. on how long a story should be yeah, you know, that it's as though they're like, Okay, this is starting to become less interesting. Let's start introducing the next storyline so when we resolve this in three episodes' time, the audience are already invested in the next thing and we can kind of fade it out yeah. Yeah, um okay, so um so that's it for um this episode. I don't suppose you have the name of the next episode up, do you? Um, um
1: Oh, just give me well, one Well, I'll moment. tell you what,
0: I will tell people how they can reach us whilst you bring that up. Okay. So those of you who are not sticking around for the spoiler zone, and we would encourage you, um, as Dan, our listener, mentioned earlier on, that if you are watching this for the you, first Dan. time, then go back at the end and listen to these to the, the end of these. And we do put the, the timings on for these episodes so you can find them uh, quite easily. But um, just a quick reminder that you can find us on email at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com and you can find us on Twitter at rewatchproj. Uh, also, um, when Hannah and I pull our fingers out and record a promo, we will then be officially part of the pod syndicate network. We are actually kind of part of it now anyway, but... We will be getting our promos. It's will very be sh- very lazy. Yeah, our promo will be showing up under the podcasts, and our we will be starting to have our podcast. Oh, post-
1: very very busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah way you want to talk
0: about uh, it? Uh, and we'll we'll start to have our podcast posted on that site as well. So what I would what I would say is go over to wearepodsyndicate.com and check out the other shows there because we will be joining them uh, as soon as we do get our shit together and create those. So uh, Hannah, what is the next episode we're going to be covering?
1: Okay, so the next episode is called The Magical Place. Synopsis says, S.H.I.E.L.D. organises a full-scale hunt for Coulson. Centipede tries to resurface the memories on what happened after Coulson died.
0: Okay, so that'll be us next time. So uh, we're going to take a short break and then come back. Yeah. I'm clearance level six. I know that Agent Coulson was killed in action before the battle in New York. Got the full report.
1: Welcome to level seven. Sorry, that corner was really dark and I couldn't help myself. I think there's a
0: bulb out. Uh, So what you got, Hannah?
1: Well, I want to talk about my number one spoiler. And I think it's just a theme that I've noticed... Particularly in this episode, and it 's something that goes through the whole the whole seven seasons mm-hmm. um i 'm going to read my note exactly as i 've written it because I think it sums it up perfectly um, i've said. The more I see, the more the theme of family is apparent right through all seven seasons. This is an example in Deke. Fitz and Simmons having a child together. Sky slash Daisy, a family scenario, looking for her family. May and Coulson getting together as a couple. Ward having family issues, you know, in the seasons that he's in. Family is a huge issue. As you get characters introduced think of who ends up as the director i can't even think of his name mac mac family is a massive issue for him his daughter comes up as as a reason for him not to do things his several parents. times his parents come up yeah yo-yo has issues with family mm. ghost rider well the whole I mean, thing is I family think, with gross ghost rider i think a
0: big thing is, is as well is that the The showrunners are are a married couple. Yeah, you know, and the the brother of the showrunner created the show. You know, there's
1: but it's interesting that that is the theme from beginning
0: to end. Clearly, by the end of the show, they knew that because you mentioned this earlier a, a moment ago. But the the final reveal of the show is the birth of a child. Yeah. It's as though that kind of had to be the case.
1: Yeah. But I think back to characters that aren't in the show anymore, like the Adrian Palicki character and her husband in the show. Um, You know, they were family and they kind of end it as family. Oh, gosh, there are so many people that come into it through familial connections and leave through dying, usually.
0: Yeah. Um, and you even see that in the villains of the show as well. Yeah. You see a lot of people who are displaced. Mm. And, you know, with displacement comes the yearning for connectivity. Yeah. And that's just, you know, a, a, a human thing. And, and I think that that's a very... It just
1: really surprised me that it happened so early on. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of shows that sort of flounder around for a couple of seasons and then find their groove and get into it and go. Whereas I actually think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't been given enough credit for knowing exactly where they were going from early on. Yeah. They might not have known, like, minutia about storyline no, but, but but they had a, like they had
0: a sense of self identity about Definitely. what they Definitely.
1: And, and they knew they knew the way they wanted the show to go. They knew the arc of the characters. And I think that's rare.
0: This whole idea of family as well though. It's a very popular theme at the moment and I talked about this on Cheese versus punta where the idea of the the hero's journey and the mythic quest of the hero this, yeah. this sort of Campbellian um archetype
1: mm. and
0: if you look at how those archetypes have changed over time, you had you originally had the the the, um, the hero with a thousand faces, the hero's quest. Yeah, that's um, um, Frodo Baggins, uh, Luke Skywalker. You know the the people who grow up in these uh, these places, these villages that, that are so far away from adventure and they yearn adventure Mm. and they yearn experience and they have older father figures and wizards and they go and they rescue princesses and there's castles and all these sort of things Mm. for the longest time that was the hero's quest yeah then there was this transitional period where we saw a new version of this hero which was people like um uh tony stark Mm. and um the um, oh got Scott in Ant Man and mm. uh, uh, Doctor Strange, where basically the hero's quest was, douchebag learns to not be a douchebag anymore, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then we 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 start to see. This... I would
1: say though that Ant Man wasn't a douchebag. No, but he
0: was he was he was a guy who was he was a bit like Mike. In mm. this, in the way yeah. that he was like a kind of... He wanted to do the right thing, but, but circumstance meant Just he,
1: going about it the wrong way. Yeah, kind mm. of like
0: heart in the right place, but a bit of a deadbeat dad, you know. Mm. And But then what we also see throughout all of this in pop culture is this idea of the surrogate family. Yeah. And I think that that started to become popular in popular culture in the 1990s with things like Friends, where you started to see, okay, there's this period in people's life when... They are consumers of pop culture which is the audience of these things where you don't live with your family anymore mm. you haven't got married and had kids yet so your friends become your family mm. and that became a very potent pop cultural th- force yeah and i think a lot of uh, and you, you see that in a lot of things like the the fast and furious franchise as well is a good oh, one of those definitely. they talk a lot about family and yeah. the idea of surrogate family and mm. diversity as well like y- your your family can be people who are different colours to you you know yeah and yeah. A, a lot of that and I think that a lot of that comes out of a sense the sense of togetherness and isolation that you get from social media mm. the idea is that whatever you're into whether you're into cosplay of some obscure anime thing you might not know anyone in your real life who does that mm. but you've got this internet out there where you can connect with people and do that and it's great but it still does leave this sense of of isolation and disenchantment because these people aren't in your life for real. Yeah. And I think that that's trickled down into the culture and created this new hero myth which is around the need for surrogate family. Yeah, And I think that a lot of these things, like Fast and Furious, like the Marvel movies, like all of these things that have that, uh, and the the hero's quest like finding now finding
1: your brand it isn't has it? And, and
0: and the the hero's quest has gone from being this solitary journey now to being this collective experience mm-hmm. and I think that you see that in 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 things like this
1: yeah but it just it was so yeah
0: it's definitely there it you're very right heavy it, it's, thing. It's, it's 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 validating of the show to go back and see that I okay think they in this so it.
1: particularly it was very heavy handed not in like not in a bad way just kind of like. Right, you've got this relationship, that relationship, this relationship. Knowing where it all goes, like, um, it's only, it's probably only heavy-handed in retrospect. Like, you you can see all of the familial connections that are going to happen.
0: It feels like they're solidifying a lot of Mm. stuff. It's as though... In the first few episodes, they were, like, trying stuff out and going, okay, what configurations of mm. characters work? Let's do this. What what balance of standalones? And, and it's as though like they got to a point in the season where they were like, right, okay, what we need to do now is kind of essay this mm. and, um, and, and, and put a stamp on it. And this episode yeah. felt like they were going, okay, so this is what it is, you know?
1: And we're in the spoiler section, so I'm just going to say – Am I right in remembering that Skye and Ward get together?
0: I can't even remember.
1: Because I I sort of feel like they were an item when yeah, it, when he goes back at, at
0: the very least it was they were it was getting there. I can't remember oh, no. whether it was consummated I, I sort or of, I sort
1: of feel like they they were they were an item. Yeah, I mean
0: I remember like at the a time
1: proper item.
0: I remember at the time thinking, this is very Buffy and Angel. Okay. So, so it would kind of like have to be there. But I don't know, I don't know. I mean, that's more of a testimony to how terrible my memory is than well, the natural. Well, y- me
1: uh, too. I can't. I honestly can't remember. Yeah.
0: We've watched a lot of TV since then. Yeah, we then. have. Yeah. yeah. And also, to be honest, to be fair, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do, do yeah. this rewatch, is the fact that... that we can't
1: remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we
0: wouldn't go back and do... A, we, we would never do Friends on this. No. Because... All we would be doing would be, "Hey, I like the bit when Chandler said this thing because we've just seen it a million times, you know." Uh, uh, Whereas this is one where we we, discuss there. Yeah, Yeah. I I think this we've got the right balance with this show Mm. of knowing it and liking it. Um, But I think the the other thing about this show, it's interesting. We've talked about this, is that I don't think when you watch it the first time, I don't think you realise how good it is until you're quite away in. Mm. So it's almost as though if I'd have known that in season one, I'd have been paying more attention. Mm. You know, so I kind of probably was maybe looking at my phone a little bit, metaphorically and maybe literally. Um, When I was doing that, he ironically says looking at his phone for his next bit of Um, money.
1: My next spoiler thing was, um, ironically, you were saying earlier about how with Rayner and Poe, how she was kind of like the Darth Vader to his emperor. Yeah. Um,
0: you think she's the big bad, but she's I, in service of the big bud.
1: Yeah, but I actually remember it like she's playing him like a fiddle. I feel like she's going to flip it on him yeah. at some point. I can't remember what happens, but I have this feeling that she... Um, is in a stronger position than she gives herself away at yeah. at this point she is coming across as this make a mild subservient lackey yeah. and she's not actually that that person yeah um so i feel like she is just playing into what he needs to get the job done yeah
0: she's she's, she's, she's letting him think that She's this kind of doe-eyed subservience when, yeah. when he needs to kind of think that.
1: Well, because at the moment, he is required for a specific thing. Yeah. I feel like, like I say, I can't remember, but I feel like he's probably going to die.
0: That's the great thing about not being able to remember it, though, is that we can bring a genuine, vicarious experience for the mm. people who are watching it for the first time. Because we kind of are as well, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, but... but I've also got to say it in the way that you know, I'm sure that my subconscious remembers some of it. So Oh yeah, we don't know know for sure. It's Uh, it's not like I'm so intelligent that I can just predict fucking six stories. No, but but
0: it's worth pointing out as well though that that when you watch a TV show for the first time or the fiftieth time, knowing you're going to be podcasting about it, you watch it with in a different way. Yeah. And you watch it with um uh, in some ways better, in some ways worse. You know, you can't just sit back and enjoy it, so you lose that. So but at don't... the same time, you, you spot nuance. Like, for example, the scene where um, Grant and uh, Coulson are in the car and they're talking about uh, relationships and all this kind of stuff. There's mm. a moment where you see a twinge of guilt on, mm. on Ward. Mm. And they definitely knew at this point. Yeah, uh, of course they uh, did. So that was direction, that mm. the actor was given, yeah, so what that says is it validates our view of Grant as a great as an expert compartmentalizer, mm. you know the idea that um, he has just gone, okay, well, I am Hydra mm. completely, and when they click their fingers, fuck everything else, mm. but until then, this is my life mm. and then so if you remove this other context completely. He is just a functioning human being who, within the context of his life, feels empathy and guilt and all of the things that normal, non-sociopathic people feel. But when that um, trigger is done, mm. it's gone. So I think it's nice that there's these little moments when um you know Coulson's talking about um his life and the cellist and that's another spoiler thing as well that you get re-watching this is that that's an episode that comes up later on and when you watch when I watched this episode for the first time I was like oh that's a nice little character Mm -hmm. flourish but I didn't realize that they had probably already written that episode at this point and we're like oh writer of episode 10 writer of episode 12 you know, there was probably a fucking memo mm. saying... Of course If, it was. You, if anybody can find a, a bit in their episode to get this little expository detail in, mm. it would add to the texture of the universe. But the fact that they actually bother to do that sort of stuff, because all the shows don't, you know, it says a lot about mm. it. Um, so, you know, you've got those nice little moments as well where you're seeing an insight in the rewatch, not only into seeding of things that are going to happen later, but in character motivations for grant a as opposed to you know grant b and but crucially before the change if you knew that was coming that would be a useful crutch for you because it meant that you could play pre-change ward with complete integrity mm. you know within the reality of that character you yeah know? because when he reacts to colson saying that he's not doing that for colson's benefit no. he's not doing that to stay in character he's doing that because he's genuinely feeling that yeah of course you he know? is yeah and and that's something that i think again you can only really get from the rewatch
1: um my only other note was about how they won't call because of tahiti yeah um and that's unsurprising because um and like it's so long ago since i watched it that i can't even remember why they want him for mm-hmm. it um, I know there is a significance to it, but I can't remember what it is. Hey,
0: it'll be a journey of discovery yeah, for both well, of us, won't it?
1: It absolutely will be because, yeah, for me, it's just kind of like, okay, uh, like I know, I know there's something I can't remember if if it's a blood thing or if it's a if there's a serum or. There's well, I think something... part of that
0: is because there, there are so many revelations in Agents of Shield mm. where it, there's lots of like micro uh revelations. Oh, yeah. I mean it's not like I mean a, a good a contrast point here would be Babylon 5 yeah. where um Babylon 5 there are like four or five huge revelations in the show. Um whereas in Agents of Shield there's probably like 250 micro yeah, um, yeah. Sort of um, revelations. Mm. And I'm, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but they're different. That's a different thing. So I think you, the way that your mind processes them and remembers them before you go and do a rewatch is, is completely different. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so I think that's it for that episode. I think that's fair to say.
1: You haven't got any other spoilers?
0: No, I'm all good. I've uh, I've oh. exhausted my phone. I'm down to 2% battery, so it's oh, in the nick of time.
1: I'm on... Oh,
0: I'm on six. Oh, wow. God, you slut. <laughs> with your six. <laughs> uh, okay, so we will be back uh, with a, um, it's a magical place. Keep the emails coming, in. Is that what it's called? It's a magical place. It's one?
1: a magical place. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yes, keep your emails coming down, and anybody else, um, that would be wonderful. Oh, um,
1: James as well, because James has emailed
0: us. Yes, yes. You're yeah. only on one. And Come any on, massive, James uh, and Dan. Yeah. If there's you're any the other
1: people, emailing us. Any other <laughs>
0: outliers? Out there, that's not bad. I mean, Christ Almighty! For last podcast, I did. We we did like. Twenty episodes, I think, before we got any uh, <laughs> any feedback. It's uh, and it is nice. I mean, I'm, I was I was looking at our stats, and we are every episode that we put out, we're, we're getting new listeners. So that's cool. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when we flip um, franchises. Um, mm. You know, to see how many people are here. You know, it's kind of like came for the Agents of Shield, stuck around for the Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, it's- okay, but
1: um, you realize that there is. Over 150 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, you
0: yeah, know, you do. I, ju-
1: I just figure if someone's sticking around for a year and a half, they're pretty much set.
0: Yeah, well, no, but I don't know. You don't know why people stick around. But then again, it's weird. I was thinking about this the other day because it, I, I, it is kind of a unique way of doing a podcast. But um, it's almost like um, most podcasts are like the Twilight Zone in mm. the sense that it's a different story every week. We're like Fargo, you know what I mean? Where <laughs> it's, it's like the same it, story. It, 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 it's a different. Yeah. It's a different storyline every season. Yeah, you know, yeah, You've got these longer, longer form storylines. So what? But so on the one hand, we may lose some listeners. Hang me out. I can tell you want to talk. Hmm. Um, we, we may lose some listeners when we finish Agents of Shield. Um, but then again, we've got the unique opportunity to then be like right we can tap into the Lord of the Rings market or the Firefly market or the whatever market, you know, and then get th- those people in.
1: The thing I love is that you'll get you will get you ones that just want to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's, that's awesome, that's great. But you'll also get ones that just want to talk to you because they like the way that you talk about things. And uh, from a personal point of view, that's how I started off listening to Chin Stroker versus Punter and various other other podcasts. It was the hosts that I liked more than what they were talking about. So, you know, stick around. If if you like what we're talking about and how we talk about them, there's more
0: of that to come. And I was thinking about how you've got, like, shows and franchises that are all different lengths and different styles. And it's interesting because I, I still think that it would be great to... After this, do a movie franchise because you Mm. can just get through it real quick. And then do, like, uh, you know, Agent Carter. That's, like, Mm. two seasons, ten episodes in each season. That would be lovely. So you you could get through that quickly. And then after that, then you could do, like, uh, Fringe or... Angel or Buffy or just something that was a bit longer and then mm. go back to something shorter again. And there's so many different configurations that you yeah. can do, you know, the sky's the limit. But, um, but no, so that's us for, for this episode. I'm not going to say for this week because we're going to, we're on like a couple of, now we're doing the individual episodes we on Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, this is, we've done an hour and 40 minutes on one episode. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll probably have, be having I a couple feel of like
1: episodes. it's going to, like we, we honestly, when we first started, we thought it was going to be like three episodes Per episode. Yeah, like ten
0: minutes of chat at the end. Yeah, of it. and know, and I said
1: to Mike that that was ridiculous. Yeah. That knowing how we talk about stuff. That that wasn't going to happen. Yeah.
0: And I'm right. Yeah, you are right. You are always mm. right, darling, if that's what you want to hear. Yeah. So, um yes, we will be putting out, like I say, I think the great thing is we've got our own feed. Mm. So, you know, we're the bosses of us. So we can just put out as much as we want. There's no limits mm. on the bandwidth. So just, um yeah, we'll just put these out as we record them. And I think the thing the only thing I'm mindful of is that I figure that, we're reasonable normal human beings so the rate at which we're watching these things is probably a sensible pace so what I don't want to do is encourage people to watch the show and then keep them waiting I actually you know? think
1: we're lagging behind because my friend Louise, who only started watching Agents of Shield when we started rewatching
0: it, yeah, they're like
1: it's up to episode like seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, so we are like yeah. well
0: behind. Well, I mean, everyone's different. Everyone watches stuff different. Consume their media differently, don't they? Yeah, I mean, but
1: you know, she has a life. She's watching yeah. other stuff as well. Yeah. So
0: she's got kids in there. We managing.
1: need to. I'm going
0: to edit these fuckers though as well. That's the thing, that takes time. (laughs) What we need to do is we need to tighten up the recording so we don't require any editing. That's for dream, you know, but we'll get there.
1: That's not going to happen.
0: Well, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, so that's us for now, and we will be back uh, to talk about um, the uh, It's a Magical Place. That's the name of the next episode. It's a Magical Place. Okay, we will see you then in that magical place. Take
1: care, darlings. Uh, Vote. Wash your hands. Be safe. Be kind to each other.
0: Live long and prosper. That's my message. Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Yeah!